1: family when i'm wrapped up in my buffy comforter i feel like i'm wrapped in a cloud that's probably why they call it the cloud comforter (laughs) before buffy i would spend every night pulling my blanket on and off to try and get the perfect temperature but the cloud comforter keeps me perfectly cozy without overheating the eucalyptus fabric also feels so good and naturally soothes my skin The best part? Buffy is all about sustainability. The inside fill of each Buffy comforter is made from 100% recycled water bottles that are transformed into a fluffy fiber. Incredible. You can try a Buffy comforter on your own bed for 30 nights free. If you don't love it, return it at no cost. SAF listeners can get $20 off by visiting Buffy.co and entering code SAF. That's Buffy.co promo code SAF. I'm Sophie. I'm April. And this is She's All Fat, the podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss tweens and teens, fat resorts, and of course, fat camp. I'll talk to friend of the pod, Alex, at Smug Liberal on Instagram, and a few other special guests. April, what do you think?
2: I have Apple Music, so yes, I am better than you. <laughs> Just kidding.
1: <laughs> nice.
3: Sisters, hushless diet, culture whispers.
2: We like your body, big old soul. Sit on down, it's time to chat. She's all fat.
1: Okay, first up we have a few musical obsessions from our girl, April.
2: What's up? <laughs> What's up, my Hannah's and ages? Um, so let's get started shall we I'm excited to share I've been obsessed with a lot of things okay Um, Khalid who I've talked about before I freaking love Khalid he's so cute I feel like he's my little brother at my head Um, he put out a full album he had dropped an EP a couple months ago his full album is called free spirit it's freaking delightful I just love Khalid so much my favorite song is the title track free spirit it's just really beautiful there's like this gorgeous guitar melody and his voice is just like butter like can you imagine Imagine someone's teen son, he's like 20 now, I think. Someone's son just sings like. An angel. Like, it is incredible. He just, he sings like he has lived a long life, is what I'm trying to say. But, like, he really is quite young. It's so relaxing. I was, like, on a really bumpy, stressful flight recently. And this song just, like, lulled me. It's just, it's phenomenal. Check out Khalid, support Khalid, protect Khalid. Um, as I mentioned, reluctantly watching Game of Thrones this season, now it's over. I'm disappointed, just like you are. But this season, they did a whole, like, inspired by Game of Thrones soundtrack album. And, All the songs have been absolute bangers one came out recently that is by chloe and hallie i've talked about chloe and hallie on here before they did a game of thrones inspired track for the soundtrack that honestly is too good for that shitty fucking show it's so fire it's called wolf at your door it's just incredible because chloe and hallie are like an r&b indie singing duo game of thrones is obviously game of thrones so it's it's i would be intimidated if i were them of like how are we going to meld these two concepts and make something that goes together but they really did they fucking nailed it and it's just i'm so proud of them they're like two young girls and they produce their own stuff and write their own stuff and it just sounds so uniquely them and i love this song so listen to wolf at your door Next music obsession. We're getting into these damn tunes. I told y'all, I love i love music. Okay, so my next music obsession is Allie and AJ. If you grew up in the early thousands, you already know who these are. Allie from Phil of the Future. AJ from the Goldbergs. They had a sister duo in the early thousands, separated for a few years. Now they're back and they're doing like 80s synth inspired pop and it fucking knocks. Okay, and they also put these like weird experimental music videos out i don't know what they're, they're talking about but i'm fucking into it like i don't know what that is but yes aj go off yes ali snap i feel like pop music is in a really interesting space right now where either it's like trap inspired or it's like from outer space and this is totally the outer space category which i'm obsessed with i will always fight anyone over ali and aj like these are my bitches forever okay sanctuary is hella good um so i would listen to that. Okay, so that is my last music obsession. My final obsession, um, for this batch of obsessions is the concept of just support. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure I've had a similar obsession or like just friendship or just general having a a support system is my obsession, but recently I, got like my dream job which doesn't even make any fucking sense that i really can't wrap my mind around it but i am somebody who has been lucky and that i've always known what i wanted to do i always wanted to write tv make movies make just make things that people can see and enjoy and specifically i've always wanted to write comedy and my favorite shows have been like parks and rec the good place these shows that are sort of like about like the, they're comedies, but like about the human condition and about like what a good person looks like and what it means to be a good neighbor. And those are the kind of shows that have always inspired me and meant so much to me. And so, as far as my career, I've always been striving to make something like that and to make something with the people who have been involved in those shows. And it's been a r- really hard road. And I've talked about it on this podcast. And like Sophie has on the podcast and off supported me in that. And so many of my friends and my families have, have supported me in that. And I've definitely. I definitely had a lot of points where I thought, like, I'm never going to be able to just really do this and really get the opportunity to make the stuff that I want to make. And last week I found out that I'm writing on Mike Schur's new show and I can't even fucking believe it. So I'm so excited it would not be possible without the support of my friends and my family and just people telling me not to give up because it's like extremely hard to just keep going. And, and so much of working in this industry is out of your control and it can be really, def- I feel defeated often. And so I just had this huge victory and I just feel so grateful and I'm obsessed with my support system. Cause so when I told Sophie, she told me that, She was so excited for me, but she wasn't surprised. Like, the fact that she believed in me that much that she wasn't surprised. And I'm not going to cry, so I don't know why you would say that, because I would never cry on this podcast. (laughs) But that just meant a lot to me, because imagine somebody believing in you so much that, like, you're surprised at yourself, but they're not surprised, because, like, they see what you're capable of. And so I'm so excited. It's called Sunnyside. It's premiering this fall on NBC, which is fucking crazy. It's going to be on after The Good Place, which is my favorite show of all time, so Whatever, I'm completely fine. This is fine. I'm fine. I'm so excited for you all to see it. I'm so excited to start working on it. I hope you love it. I hope you watch it so we get another season and I can get my veneers finally because I really want porcelain teeth. Um, and just thank you all for your support. I feel you, my Hannahs and my Anches, and that has meant the world to me. Just having the support of people who believe in my work. That's that's so wild. Um, so those are my obsessions: a bunch of different EPs and albums, and then just my supports. System. I'm deeply obsessed. Okay, back to you
1: woo Woohoo We're so excited for April. Everyone is gonna tune in this fall and watch her new show. I'm very very proud of her and I'm very pumped. And also we can announce that April has another podcast. You can find it. On all the places you can find podcasts. Um, We're going to put a link to it in the show notes. It is called A Little Forward. It is by Freeform and she and Jenny Yang host it. We're really proud of April for doing this podcast for Freeform, which is the television home of my very favorite vampire shows, as you might know. Um, this season's single host situation, AKA me is becoming permanent next season. As you can see, April's TV writing career is really heating up. It's so exciting, but don't worry. She'll still be sending her obsessions from time to time and she'll always be our co-founder and I'm still going to troll her in the episode outros and I love my April, um, okay. So my obsessions this week are number one, swimming. <laughs> I love swimming. Um, I was wondering if anyone has any experience with doing a, like a stroke coach. Like I feel like I could brush up on my stroke so that my um, form is really good, but I don't know how to go about Finding that, but maybe people in LA will have good recs for someone to do that. But I've been really getting into outdoor swimming and lounging and always got to wear my sunscreen. I'm going to do some sunscreen recs in an upcoming episode. Um, number two. Look, I know Amazon's evil. Amazon's evil. We've already talked about this. But if you're looking to be like the kind of friend I am, who's the friend who always likes to have a little something in her bag that she can like pull out and then be the one who's like, oh, no, I have one for you and you can keep it and like be that friend, you know, like the cool, generous friend, (laughs) then um, I'm going to link in the show notes below. You can get like big packs of scrunchies on Amazon. Here is why that is cool. Because then you can keep like 10 in your bag, like 10 velvet scrunchies. You always have one on hand and then you can always like pass one out and then your friends have cute little scrunchies. You know, try to order from like places that are real companies, you know, like that don't seem like they're just drop shipped from China. And if anyone has any like ethical hair... (laughs) hair accessory companies they want to pass on, I would be happy for that. But if you want to just order a bunch of scrunchies on Amazon, then I put some links in the show notes for you. Okay, moving on the final thing that I'm obsessed with this week, I have always been talking about for like the last few months on Instagram, bike shorts. They are comfy. They're easy. They've got an easy throwback vibe and they are great with big tees and they make me feel like a combo of my childhood self and like I'm, you know, a cool like LA skater girl also at the same time. So For inspiration, I've been following my friend Rebecca who has a vintage store in Chicago. She wears a lot of vintage band tees over bike shorts. I've been doing a lot of that. Um, Her shop is called LHL, Little High, Little Low. Um, Also looking at a lot of Jasmine J's. Picks. Um, we interviewed Jasmine on the pod. We love Jasmine. She does great bike short looks. Also, been like looking at Pinterest a lot for bike short fashion. I wonder if we can start like a group pin board for bike short, fat bike short looks. That would be fun. I've been sharing a lot of y'all's bike short looks on my story, which I really enjoy doing. Please keep sending them to me. Um, so, number one, I have some bike shorts from Old Navy. They're fine they're good. They work out well. Number 2, I have some bike shorts from Torrid. These are also nice. They're thinner and they're cotton. So I've been wearing them when I go back to Arizona cuz they're like more breathable. They're not like exercise-looking fabric, you know what I mean? But they do show a little bit more, so you have to be comfy with that underwear line cuz I'm sorry. I'm never ever ever wearing a thong. It's never happening. I have too many GI issues. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, and then the third one is like for good, thick, like real bike short shorts. Then use um, Superfit Heroes ones. They're made in LA. They're ethical. They're one of our pa- our, our I to say patrons, um, but we really like working with Superfit Hero because they're a small biz and they have some good stuff. This is, part is not an ad that they paid for. I just like. Their shorts. So we have a code. We'll put the code in the show notes again. It's probably SAF or SAF10 because that's what the code always is. Um, and those are really nice for like for a real athletic look. Okay, those are my obsessions for this week. Very proud of my girl April. Let's head on to the next thing. Let's move on to our Apple podcast review shout outs. If you leave us a review on Apple podcasts, we will read your username right here on the show. Um, One day we'll be on new and noteworthy and then it'll be all thanks to you. (laughs) Thank y'all so much for doing this. It truly warms the cockles of our hearts. Thank you to the following people. Ms. Markey Finnegan Levi. I love the Holy Trinity. (laughs) Adri 1203. Car Hilly, and Mecca S. Um, Also, thank you to some of our patrons. We give all of our patrons a shout out here on the show. We're just working through those names. Um, If you become a patron, you'll be supporting us. We are an independent show. Y'all make sure that we have a solid income every month. And that we can pay Maria to do her amazing editing work and Lynn to do her production work. And you just really keep the lights on here. So, thank y'all to the following patrons Olga Wolstenholm, Olivia Mead, Rachel Medor, or Medor, Rachel Gurman, Allison McConnell, and Nora Marie Borna. Thank y'all so much. moving on to some correction slash news. Um, A lot of y'all messaged me about your own personal memes, which is really fun. A couple people said that they also had the singing in the rain, can't stand them meme in their head, which is really funny. (laughs) Somebody sent us some of their personal memes from um, Shelly Duval's Fairy Tale Theater, which is like a really weird show that used to be on. Um, so we're gonna play a couple of these. It's pretty fun. Um, this person says one of their personal memes is this song from Rumpelstiltskin's Party in the Woods. line what a moron from the three little pigs episode featuring billy crystal and a very alluring big pig bad wolf as played by jeff goldblum i don't
2: see no ladder right there behind the bush there's a lot of bushes make
1: a laugh a laugh a laugh
0: what a moron
1: and the line prepare the melon balls from the cinderella episode where matthew broderick plays the baby-faced prince <laughs> that's so fun Um, Also, I have a true hashtag, sorry, Lindsay, which we haven't had in a long time. Um, I'll let Lindsay take it away. (laughs) All I'm saying
4: is that I don't feel that you fully captured what is so funny about the Mulan dad sword dropping noise. Because it's so, the scene is so tense and it's so, you know, he's too infirm to go to war and she's watching him. Practice, like, look at his armor and practice with his sword. And he's being very slow and deliberate about it. And the music is like, doo, 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 doo. and then it all stops, and he goes, Oh, oh. If you could just drop the clip, I don't know. <laughs> Also, if you could all just be in my brain when I saw it when I was a kid and then my sister and I used to do it with each other, then you'd understand. So just get in my brain and then tell me it's not funny. (laughs)
1: Um, moving on to tip jar, we have a little tip jar from a Hannah from Instagram. Um, this Hannah wanted to recommend this book called There's Something About Sweetie. It's by Sandia Minon about a fat Indian American team named Sweetie Nair, who's a track star and going to prove herself to the world. It's written by a straight size, a straight size ally who has a fat history and, um, this Hannah really likes it. Thank you, Hannah. Um, Let us know if y'all read There's Something About Sweetie. Okay, call for submissions, fatties in college. Send us a quick voice memo about something your school is doing that's good for the fats. And as always, we got to give a little shout out to our Facebook group, which you can be in if you join our Patreon at Team Paisley, Moomoo, or above. This week in the Facebook group, people are talking about TV shows, um, our retail gripes, and massage therapy for fatties. And every month I also do a live in there and I talk about, I answer all your questions and I talk about whatever you want me to talk about. This last week I did a live and I read some of my favorite poems and that was fun. We also have an extra mini-sode every week for Team I Love Bread, and do we love them for loving bread, and the bread loves them and, and us. I'm losing the plot. All right, let's move on to the meat of it.
3: The meat of it.
1: Here we are in summer 2019. Summer as a kid can be fun, but summer as a preteen or teen trying to navigate discomfort with a larger body, as well as all the other mess that happens in teenage years, is a lot. Summertime vacation has such a romance to it. A chance to come back to school a whole new you, in a time when one year, one semester, one summer felt like it was such a huge and important unit of time. A lot can happen in a summer. You can come back to school three months later looking and feeling totally different. And most likely you will, seeing as how quickly and intensely the teenage body changes, most of the time out of your control. The fantasy I had of losing weight every summer never quite seemed to pan out. I wondered about that camp a few times, but I was too ashamed to ask my parents to send me. I felt like I could just lose the weight on my own if I tried hard enough now i know i would have been better off just finding activities and joyful movement i enjoyed and spending my summers vegging out and working and dreaming and not thinking about weight but back then it felt really important to make progress in a capital letter kind of way i never went to fat camp i went to a regular summer day camp but i dreaded the gym period so much i cannot imagine having to do it all day every day my favorite parts of camp were swimming doing that activity with the beads that you ironed after you put them in a shape, and sitting at the picnic tables talking while other kids played capture the flag, and playing zoog, or I think it was called zoog, during computer time. Summer camp itself is a very Americana kind of thing in in our imaginations, which means it has its own problems, Um, but there's a lot of wistfulness and sepia-toned haze around our cultural conception of summer camp in general, I think. There's movies like The Parent Trap or It Takes Two, where you could go to summer camp and come home with a twin (laughs) and a new family, not to mention the summer camp horror movie tropes or the 2000 spate of documentaries about interest-specific camps of weirdos. We're talking about fat camp specifically today. The whole idea of fat camp really got going in the 1960s, but as we know by now, the idea of a quick fix to a problematic body is quite an old one. So what was Fat Camp really like for the people who went to it? This episode, we're going to find out. We'll talk to friend of the pod, Alex, to Paige of Memes for Validation, and to Annette Richmond, who runs a fat camp that's the opposite of the bad kind of fat camp. Fatty camp. fat camp. Let's get into it. Here we are back with our friend of the pod, Alex. Hi. Thank thank you for coming back again. It's a privilege. It's an honor. And now we're talking about something that's been highly requested, which is... Fat Fat camp. camp. Oh my God. (laughs) I just want you to tell me everything. Oh God. When did you go? What was it like? Is it anything like the movies or like TV shows? Tell me about all the hookups. Tell me about like everything.
3: Oh God. Okay. So I spent three summers at fat camp and two stints at fat resort, which is oh like God. fat camp, but you have to be 18 to go and it's not nearly as horrible. I mean, it's horrible from a general weight loss perspective. It's yeah. not horrible from a, I'm not sure my rights as a child are being respected kind of a thing. <laughs> like it's not, it's it's horrible from like the inherent ethical Issues surrounding weight loss, not sure. from the inherent potential child abuse violations. Sure, my God. But yes, yeah, so I went to fat camp for three summers. I did uh, two summers at this one camp in Turlock, California. It's the dairy capital of the state of California. Oh, God. Okay. So um, it was a heinous place oh to God. go to summer camp. Um, and then I also went to one in Camarillo, which is about an hour outside of LA. Um, wow. I was... 11 and 12, the first two summers I went, and then I was uh, 14, the third summer. first two summers I went to fat camp, I wasn't fat. Yeah. It wasn't like that I just wasn't fat. Like, I was skinny. Like, I would say, I would self-describe in that period of time as... Damn. fit. Like,
1: I, I was 11. Yeah. Like Isn't I, that always the case? It's like, I definitely started dieting when I was not fat either. Yeah, well, for Everyone. sure I started dieting at 7, for right, sure exactly. not fat.
3: Um, but yeah, so I was 11, and my mom... My mom has a lot of weight baggage and she thought like she was helping me in the right. sense that like her mom just told her like drink a diet coke and don't eat to lose my weight. God. So she thought she was like educating me by like sending me to these programs. Um and she what? wasn't. Yeah. So like every fat camp is basically structured the same way. You have like classes all day. And so like half the classes or like a third of the classes will be like educational. So they'll sit you down and they'll be like, Salt is bad. Here's why salt is oh, bad. My God. Let's talk about our feelings about salt. Oh, my God. And then the other half is just, like, exercise.
1: How did they not expect that to lead to an eating disorder? Oh, I'm sure they
3: did. And then when you develop the eating disorder, your parents send you right back. Or they send you to eating disorder treatment, like mine did. And it just perpetuates the cycle. I mean, there's a lot of people who made a lot of money off of me hating myself. Oh, my God.
1: Was it super hot at the California ones? Like, that area of the state is very hot in the summer. I'm... Glad that
3: you asked that, because one of my better stories is about how hot it was oh up God. north. Um, which is that we were there, and there was like a particular heat wave, and um, it was 121 degrees outside. And we were running outside. Great. This is when I, when I say there's like child abuse violations. Oh my God. Um, we were running outside in 121 degree heat, and an employee of the university had to come and tell. Because these were all like done at Like, colleges, basically. Like, that's they just, like, put you up in dorms and, like, you use, like, Uh. the gym at the college kind of a thing. Mm. Um, Shout out to the employees at Cal State University Stanislaus for, uh, for coming and telling them that legally people weren't allowed to be outside unless they were moving from building to building. And so we had to go in.
1: Oh, my God. Like,
3: it didn't occur to any of the counselors that 120 degrees was perhaps, like, not a chill temperature to have children running in. It was horrible. Fat camp is, I have a lot of fond memories and a lot of really bad memories, and they're sort of mixed together, because it's still camp. Yeah. So you have camp memories like any kid who likes camp.
1: Yeah. Do you know, like, who owns the ones that you went to?
3: So the one I went to up north was privately owned by this actually very nice lady who was herself fat and who was trying, she thought, to make a difference in people's lives. So I really, like, I... Her, fundamentally, I don't want to shit on. She was like a small business owner. Like, she really was trying to be a sweet lady. Her name was Shauna. I actually have very fond memories of her. She mm-hmm. was really nice. And that was sort of small, much smaller. The second fat camp I went to was owned by a large corporation called, at the time, they're called Wellsprings. Now they're called something else. They actually wound up buying the fat resort I went to years oh my God. later. Because just our whole industry. Well, because the camp started to go under in the recession. Um, they actually oh. had a fat boarding school that my parents used to always threaten oh to send me God. to.
1: What is a fat boarding school?
3: Where you're in high school and your parents don't want to take care of you and you're really fat. And so they ship you to boarding school where they make you lose weight and you're supposed to, like, go to school. But, like, most of the kids I knew who went there, like, didn't graduate high school. Oh, God. God. Um, and a lot of them just filtered from there into the fat resort later on once they were over 18. Oh, my like, God.
1: Yeah down the fat camp that alex went to had a lot of number counting and step counting and a bunch of levels and you could win rewards for good behavior or for losing weight sounds pretty similar to the kind of fucked up diet industry bullshit that adults face doesn't it almost like these kids are being groomed to become adult diet culture consumers and pay for more programs
3: Um, so the first fat camp I went to up north, it mm-hmm. was all women. Um, the second fat camp I went to just outside of L.A. Um, was co-ed, and I was 14, and I was a little snack. Like, it's, it's so hard to talk about this in context because I was so convinced that I was so fat and so disgusting and so vile mm-hmm, and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was, like, max a size 12. Yeah. Um, and so – that made me fat, but mm-hmm. it didn't make me fat in comparison to some of the other people in Fat Camp. And sure. the skinnier you were, there was a girl named Jamie, and Jamie was max size 6. Oh, my God. And she got a ton of tension from this boy that I had a crush on named oh Logan. God. And Logan would, was from Calabasas, and he would follow her around Fat Camp. And she was like... She got so much attention because she was skinnier. And I was on the skinnier side. And that was a thing we discussed because you're, you've got a whole cohort full of 14, 15, 16-year-old kids yeah. sitting around who want to be conventionally attractive because they're in high school and they've been yeah, taught yeah. that that's, like, you're 14. what you're supposed to be. And so it's, it's an endless contest of, like, oh, well, I'm skinnier than so-and-so. Oh I'm God. better than so-and-so. <sighs> well, I have my, – my fat camp nickname was F-Cup.
1: Oh, my God. F-Cup. Because you're booed. Because your I had F cups. Oh my God.
3: So, like, it, it's what's amazing to me about Fat Camp is in a program for young people, it was an extremely hypersexualized environment. I think because you're talking about bodies day in, day out. And you've also got a lot of young teenagers in puberty. And I just think it, in retrospect, like, not that people were having sex, but the environment was very sexualized. Does yeah. that make sense?
1: Yeah. Well, it's all, it's like focus on your body, focus on your body. At a time right. when teenagers need to be told, like, your body is going through changes, and it's fine. Like we don't need to like think we don't about need to it think about the body second. right now.
3: You and know? it was so body focused, and clicks and friendships definitely formed based on who was more attractive conventionally and who wasn't.
1: Oh my god!
3: But fat camp, I would say, brought out the worst in everyone I knew. Yeah. It just everyone I met there, no one was at their best at fat camp because you're hungry all the time. Yeah, you're so fucking. No matter how much food you sneak in, it only lasts a very short period of time. You're hungry. You're tired. You're away from home. Playing. Well, it's
1: just like, hey, let's tell all these teenagers that their fears about themselves are right—that their bodies are gross—and we need to change them. And also remind them how important it is for your body to look a certain way. It's just like while what the fuck? <laughs> psychologically
3: torturing them and physically torturing them through yeah. like food deprivation. And and counselors were mean. I mean, people would try and sneak extra food, and you get yelled at if you got caught oh doing that. They would monitor like your portion. Oh, everything was monitored. Your foods, your meals were pre.
1: I feel like that would make you feel so infantilized. It was infantilizing, but it was also, it was frequently
3: humiliating. Yeah. So I had this roommate at Fat Camp, and she's probably my best story. Um, And her name was Katie. And Katie and I were best friends until we weren't. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, we were best friends because we, like, had a scheme, basically, to steal extra cereal every morning. (laughs) And we got really good at it, so we were having, like, a double portion of Cheerios, which is, like, max an extra 90 calories. Yeah. And so that's why we were initially friends, because we figured out this scam together. But then she spent six weeks aggressively trying to convert me to Southern Baptism when she found out that I was Jewish. Oh, no. And she would, like, play Christian rock while we slept at night, and she had her mom send me care packages full of, like, Jesus content, Mm -hmm. like a pink Bible and, like, these Jesus T-shirts and um, these Jesus stickers that I kept for years and wound up using to decorate a bong in college. Oh, my God. I love that. Like, it was fine. I mean, it was, like, ultimately it was fine, but it was kind of a (laughs) – like, when I say it like that, my – roommate from Mississippi tried to convert me to Southern Baptism while we were at fat camp at a former insane asylum.
1: It has a certain ring to
3: it, you know? <laughs> it's
1: so wild. Oh my god. But it was a lot of
3: things. It was a lot of fun too, right? Because you're 14 and you're there with things? boys. The boys. The boys were the fun thing. Oh my gosh. Um, we just, all we did all day was like flirt, which was Really kind of fun. That is fun. Um, I like
1: flirting. Everyone likes flirting.
3: Yeah, and it was and it was dramatic. There was like people who snuck in cell phones and people who snuck in food, myself among them. I got, by the time I was at my third summer, I was really good at smuggling in food because they check your luggage when you come in to make sure you're not smuggling food or drugs or cell phones. But they like search through your stuff. So if you don't want your food that you're hiding to be found, the best place I found for hiding food was maxi pads and socks. Oh my god. Because they're not going to feel each individual maxi pad. And if you open one of those super large maxi pads, if you open it just a little bit, there's enough room where you can shove like two Oreos inside a maxi pad and reclose the packaging (laughs) and i got so i must have brought in like four boxes of oreos smuggled in in maxi pads
1: but then you have to wear a maxi pad with oreo dust on it no i brought tampons oh (laughs) no the
3: maxi pads weren't for
1: wearing they were just
3: for smuggling (gasps) my mother had no idea i was doing this of course and we weren't allowed to have gum so people smuggled in gum oh my god why not gum honestly i have no idea (laughs) <laughs> like, they just don't want us to evoke chewing. Like It's very weird. It was a weird, it was a weird place. It was, you were hungry. I mean, that's what's hard about these things is, like, they were fun, and we ran around, and we went on field trips to the beach, and, um, you know, we went hiking. Like, there are things about it that were sort of indicative of a more normal summer camp experience.
1: I mean, I think like that's true. That's true of everything that is ultimately, like, bad, though. <laughs> just because something has some good qualities doesn't mean you can't be like, and that was bad. Oh, it was terrible. You it know? just,
3: um... You know, I have some fond memories of it. Yeah, for sure. That's
1: good. Yeah, like, you know, you have a
3: dance at the end. Oh, my God. Who did you
1: dance with? This boy. His name was Cole. He
3: was cute. He was tall. Oh, my God.
1: Okay, so Um, tell me about Fat Resort. Fat Resort actually
3: is great. I have way less resentment about Fat Resort because basically you just, like, go to North Carolina and they give you an apartment, and you can come and go as you please. Oh. And you are basically like you choose to go to classes, you choose to exercise. I mean, it's it's bad, equivalently bad in the broader weight loss messaging sense. Sure, but it's not, but like not a in prison. the like prison sense at all. Oh. Um, I was fond of it actually. I had a lot of fun. I had more sex than at any other time in my, oh my life gosh. than at Fat Resort because.
1: Wait. So, how old were you at Fat Resort, and why did you go there?
3: So I was eighteen and twenty when I went, and first time my parents made me go, and. I, I went to lose weight. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, I went, and at 20, I went for six months. I actually took a quarter off of college. Wow. Went all summer and took fall quarter off, and I was there for six months. That Resort was great, because it's a lot of adults, and it was fun, and we would actually go out drinking on the weekends, because you're living in North Carolina, so yeah. there's not a lot to do, other than go get drunk in bowling alleys. Yeah. It was unfortunate, it was, it was a negative experience in plenty of ways, too, because, like, I picked up smoking, like, okay, so you're not...
2: Whoa.
3: Like you're picking up other maladaptive behaviors because you're under all these pressures. So like it wasn't, I quit smoking, by the way, mom, in case you ever hear this, I quit smoking a long time ago. Don't (laughs) worry. The thing about these places and organizations is they attract a lot of people with a lot of baggage because people don't know what else to do.
1: It seems like an outside fix somehow.
3: Exactly. You get a lot of people who are recently sober at Mm. these places. You get a lot of people with personality disorders. You get a lot of people with kleptomaniac issues. Um, I have met more kleptomaniacs when I went to eating disorder treatment and when I went to fat resort than any other place in my life.
1: That is so interesting.
3: I mean, under this and under all the jokes and under the boys at 14 or like all the dumb nicknames and whatever is a lot of profound sadness Yeah. for the people at the fat camps and for their families who are trying to do right by them with limited skills and tools. Mm -hmm. Like they have the parents come at the end of just regular fat camp and they'll like talk to the parents about like healthy eating in the home and they'll be like, you'll have parents there who are like being told for the first time you shouldn't deep fry every meal and they think this is revelatory and like, and then the fat camps use those parents as examples to say see look at these fucked up people in these fucked up homes like it's multiple layers of toxicity Mm -hmm. where you have people who think they're trying to do right by their kid and they aren't but they don't know that yeah I mean you have people that obviously know they're not doing right by their kid and just want a skinny kid too so I mean it's it's certainly a mixed bag fat resort is less pathetic because people are paying to be there um adults like you can get a massage at fat resort like yeah um I have
1: some relatives who went to like health spa resorts, yeah, as adults. It's, yeah, it's
3: more equivalent to a health spa, but this one has a particular weight focus.
1: Without the weight loss focus, it does sound nice to go somewhere where all my food be made for me, and I can get a massage. <laughs> it so it. This is what I'm saying, like it's not, and the food is not
3: bad. Yeah, and you get to decide your own calorie limit. Like it's not. The thing about fat resort is you, if you really are there to lose weight, and you think it's achievable by like a conventional Weight Watchers esque diet scheme. Yeah. You get what you put into it. Uh huh. So it's not, nobody is watching you. You can leave and go, as I did many times, to Bojangles down the street and get a breakfast biscuit. Like, yeah. it's not a crisis. Yeah. Um, but it's just sort of a more structured environment for people who want to lose weight as adults. The thing that was really great about it, though, I will say, is um, it's a very accepting environment. Mm. So you've got a lot of people who run the whole gamut from small fat to infinite fat to Structured meal times, like oh. it's a lot of. There are people there that aren't fat. Yeah, um, like some people go there and it's their vacation every year. Wow, which is whack when you think about that. <laughs> that is whack. But it's very accepting because everybody. I've basically how do I say this? I've never seen a place where more fat adults are having more sex in my entire <laughs> yeah, that life. That sounds
1: very different from the fat camp
3: parts. Very different because it's a very accepting environment, and everybody is sort of everybody's in a bikini. Nobody cares. I mean, there are of course people that are hindered by their um, insecurities myself included, but it is definitely an environment that is less insecurity driven because you've taken away the barrier of there are thin people here.
1: Mm. That's so interesting. It sounds kind of like fake body positivity stuff or it's it, like, it is You like we're comfy and we're like, we are all fat here together and we're going to be healthier or whatever. Yeah. It's,
3: it's like everything else in these types of things. It's complicated Yeah, because you've got a lot of, Fat people together with different baggage surrounding their fatness and different levels of awareness about body love, but it was cool. Some of that was cool, Mm -hmm. even if it wasn't as deep as I would have liked it to have been. I still don't regret experiencing it. Yeah, there were some weird people there, though. There was this one guy there named um, Dennis who had like a zillion million dollars. Did I tell you the stories about how like there was a girl there who was having sex with him for drugs? Yes. I didn't realize that till they left in the woods. Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so I didn't realize. oh my
3: god we don't even have time to get into that whole story don't, anyway don't get in stranger's cars don't
1: get in, don't get in stranger's cars unless it's a lift <laughs> <laughs> even that. um i think it's just interesting because these are not stories that we hear that much fat camp is like a teenage version of biggest loser basically where it's like if you just work hard you can and then and then the cameras turn off at the end of the summer and then What happens? You know what I mean? And it's like exactly the wrong thing to tell teenagers. No, I just think it's probably healing for people to be like, oh, that happened to me too. I look back on them with fondness and baggage, like any summer camp kind of a thing. Yeah. Going away to a place to try to come back thin is like the ultimate end point of like going on a diet to Mm -hmm. become thin, you know? Mm -hmm. Where it's like... It's taken to its logical extreme. Yeah. Of like, this is a pause in my normal life to fix it and then I'll come back and I'll be fixed. And
3: I totally viewed it that way as a child, especially. Oh, yeah. And I wanted I wanted it to work that way, yeah. which is very sad. I mean, yeah. especially when I was thinking about how young I was the first two times I went. I mean, I'm 11, and I was, it was summer after sixth grade. I was starting junior high in the fall. And I remember thinking, I'm going to come back. And I had no friends sixth grade. I just was totally convinced I was going to come back in the fall, and I was going to be skinny, and I was going to start seventh grade, and I was yeah. going to get a boyfriend, and I was going to have all these friends. Like, I was so... Sure, because it was 11, yeah. and that's what I was told was going to happen to me. Um, none of that happened to me at <laughs> all. It's sad.
1: Yeah, I feel sad when I think about my 9-year-old self on Jenny Craig or whatever. Yeah, same. Like, that's sad. It's also it, – it is just, I think, like, helpful to witness it because another element of Fat Camp is being sent away Yes, to do it's, it, it's
3: shame, it's hidden.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like you, we hid you for the summer to do this thing so you could come back and be acceptable.
3: Mm-hmm. You and know,
1: what gets me, and this is something I have so much trouble with, is that I'm not even
3: angry at my parents, I'm angry at people who told my parents that what they were doing was normal or reasonable. Mm-hmm. That the dietician they took me to when I was seven when I was perfectly normal weight and seven,
1: yeah,
3: it's almost a resentment towards the medical field and less a resentment towards my parents because oh, my parents were being told you're doing the right thing.
1: I feel that way about like the diets that we went, my mom and I did. Like yeah. she didn't know any different.
3: Why are people allowed to profit off of tantamount? What's tantamount to child abuse?
1: Right. That's, it's like, not- and that's
3: what fat camp is. I mean, it's profiting off of that in a certain capacity.
1: There's a lot of camps like that. Like there's camps that, that parents send their kids to to make them straight. There's like camps <laughs> or outward, outward
3: bounds that are oh, meant right. for wild. You know, exactly.
1: I have All a cousin things. that got
3: shipped to bad kid boarding school and got kidnapped right. in the middle of the night. All like, those things
1: where it's like if I just hammer at you hard enough you'll finally be what I want. It's like that doesn't seem to work. Isn't that? I mean that's the whole literal idea of prison.
3: My parents just wanted me to be happy yeah and they thought that being thin would make me happy yeah and so the focus became how can we make you thin at all costs because then maybe you'll be happy
1: exactly it's
3: it's born from a place of love warped by a lot of internalized toxicity I don't know it's so hard I there's so much trauma I've seen happen as a result of it so many Mm -hmm. people I think were really hurt by going to fat camp and um Now my parents get upset when I call it fat camp or if I bring it up. Like, they're like, stop. We didn't know. We didn't mean. Like, and I'm like, guys. What else would
1: it be? I have
3: to be funny about it. Like, I have to treat it funny. I have to treat the fact that I used to eat ketchup with a spoon. Oh, my God. Funny because I was so hungry. Like, that has to be funny to me or I'm going to be really, really depressed. Well, it's
1: your experience. You're allowed to call it what you want. And also, it was fat camp. (laughs) It's explicitly fat camp. Yeah. What are you going to call it? Uh, Weight management affinity programs for (laughs) youths?
3: I mean, what the (laughs) fuck? Mom, it's fat camp. (laughs) And that's okay. I'm not ashamed. Yeah, exactly. How much room to explore my life and brain and identity and and how much energy would I have not had to put into quote unquote weight management? Yeah. Like I could have done or been so many more things if I wasn't spending hours a day just dealing with this.
1: Exactly. I would have had so many more hobbies and like, I just got to read more books. Damn. I could have read more fan fiction. Right. <laughs> I could
3: have been writing fan fiction Right, by for now. sure, for
1: sure. Thank you for being on our show. We love you, and the family loves you, and thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I hope I'm not too annoying. Oh, my God. Wait, take that back. You're not annoying. Well, no, I'm not going to take that back. Why would you hope you're not annoying? You're not well, annoying. I don't, know. don't say it. you hope you're amazing. Uh, fine, I hope I'm amazing. You are amazing. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> I love getting bras from third love because I can do it all right from my home. I swear. I will never use a bra fitting room again. You can find your fit with third loves online fit finder order and try your bras on from the comfort of your bed. If that's your thing. And if you need help, a team of expert fit stylists are available every day via text, chat, or phone to find your perfect fit. We know that 3rd Love cares about fat molly sized boobs. They don't size up by scaling the same measurements up. They craft the bra to work with different bodies. Their size range is one of the largest in the industry, 30 inches to 48 inches, and cups AA to I, including half cup sizes. You can try 3rd Love for 60 days, wear it, wash it, put it to the test, and if you don't love it, return it, and 3rd Love will wash it and donate it to boobs-in-need third love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone so right now they're offering listeners 15% off their first order go to thirdlove.com saf to find your perfect fitting bra and 15% off your first purchase that's thirdlove.com saf for 15% off today Y'all, you know I love my skincare routine and with bio oil, I get to add a whole nother step. Bio oil hydrates and soothes your skin and marks on your body. Their hashtag love your marks campaign is all about learning to care for and love your body instead of trying to hide the marks on your skin. Bio oil is packed full of skin loving ingredients like vitamins A and E, chamomile oil, lavender oil, calendula oil, and rosemary oil. It's like a witchy brew that ensures you and your skin are feeling their best. I've been using my bio oil when my stretch marks get itchy or I have this little burn on my hand and sometimes it feels weird and the bio oil is really soothing. It's nice to give those marks special attention to soothe and care for them. Make sure to follow Bio Oil USA for skincare tips and tricks, and check out their hashtag #LoveYourMarks campaign. Pick up a bottle of Bio Oil today. Find a retailer near you at www.findbio-oil.com. So we've heard a little about Fat Camp. Honestly. Some of what Alex says doesn't sound too off from the classic Disney film Heavyweights, where Ben Stiller plays a maniacal fitness guru hell bent on destroying some sweet, chubby boy's summer.
2: Let's go get our hands dirty. Oh. Line. Line. Line.
1: If you want to talk or learn more about media representations of Fat Camp, you can listen to our Season 1 Fatty Film School episode on the TV show, Huge. Here's a clip from that episode.
2: I'm so proud of the show for not buying into like these kids are trying to be moral or it's not like about a morality journal yeah. journey it's not like they're like we have to do this and then by the end we're going to be better people and we're going to be whole yeah, It's like, not a biggest loser it's thing. not a Biggest loser
1: okay let's get into our discussion with Paige, our second fat camp interviewee so we are here with a former fave podcast guest would you like to introduce yourself again
4: Yes, my name is Paige and I'm memes for validation on Instagram.
1: Okay, so Paige, I was very excited when you told me that you went to the famous MTV fat camp. I did. <laughs> Can you tell me everything, please? <laughs> <laughs> okay. How did you apply? What was it like there? Why did you want to go? Like, tell me everything, everything.
4: So, um, when I saw the documentary, I immediately went online and like got like the information packet that came with a dvd (laughs) and i watched the dvd and i was like wow i'm gonna go i want to go so i convinced my parents to let me go to fat camp and it was honestly like the longest five weeks of my entire life oh my god oh my god so if you have no idea obviously you weren't allowed to have any food or snacks Our daily routine was wake up at like 7 a.m., go to aerobics, which was usually like Zumba. Um, We would eat breakfast. We would have an activity like tennis or basketball, or some days we would have a nutritional class. Oh, great. Um, And then we'd have lunch, and then uh, we'd have another activity like go to the gym or play volleyball. (laughs) And then after that... It was dinner, like, get, get showered, go to dinner, and then, like, a fun thing at night. And some of those fun things at night, I was watching heavyweights oh, no. in the auditorium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, I went in, like, the summer for my 10th grade year, which, and I distinctly remember there being a lot of skinny people there. Really? And I was like, they all had these yellow bracelets on. And it was called maintenance. So, if you were skinny enough to get on maintenance, you had the yellow bracelet you could eat as much as you want whenever you wanted. But the rest of us fatties didn't have any. (laughs) So, we got, like, the one piece of chicken and broccoli at dinner and everyone else, like, got to go up and get seconds.
1: Yeah. What did you... Did you make friends there?
4: Oh, yeah. Like, we definitely... I definitely made friends. Like, we lived in, like, cabins. Um... And, like, I was friends with, like, everyone in my cabin mostly. Um, And we would, like, cheer each other on. Like, yeah, guys, we're going to lose weight this summer. Oh, my God. And it was, like, literally, like, the worst thing ever because we were just moving 24-7. And I'm just like, I want to lay down.
1: Oh, my God.
4: (laughs) I literally hated it so much. I was supposed to stay for six weeks, but I left five weeks. Hell, yeah. Yeah, because I was, like, crying all the time. I was like, take me home. (laughs) This is terrible.
1: (laughs) They won't give me bread. Oh, my God. Uh, What about the documentary made you want to go?
4: Everybody lost, like, some weight, and I wanted to do that, and there were so many success stories, and I hated being fat, and I wanted to stop being fat, so...
1: Did you lose weight and then gain it back? That's, like, story of my teen life.
4: Yeah, I lost, like, a little less than 25 pounds, and then I ended up gaining, like, at least half of it back that year, and then all of it the next year.
1: That's what happens.
4: Yeah. Diets don't work.
1: Diets don't work. What was it like being around a lot of other fat people or fat kids who, like, But but not being in solidarity in about being positive about yourself. Do you know what I mean?
4: Yeah. So it was definitely nice having a lot more fat people in your life um, because you have that shared experience. But we were all trying to lose weight, so there was also like we still hate ourselves in a way. Yeah. We're trying to like stop and like everyone be like, my God, like you look so good from last week. Like you look so much better. And it was, like, that was, like, constantly the narrative going on. Back then, you thought it was, like, really nice and supportive of them. But now, I realized that wasn't it.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you have anything else to add about Fat Camp or anything else that I forgot to ask?
4: Oh, oh my gosh. There's so much. Um, they had water sports. So, like, they had, like, one of those banana boat things that, like, they'd, like, speed through. Oh, my God. Like, a bunch of fat kids just, like, falling off <laughs> <laughs> in the lake. It was hilarious. Oh,
1: my God. If you could create, like, a good fat camp, what would it be like?
4: Um, There would be more opportunities to eat <laughs> <laughs> and fun, like, dance, um, more art classes and more creativity than just having to play basketball with a bunch yeah. of girls who, in gym, never played <laughs> because <laughs> you have
3: all... <laughs> Oh my every god. fat
4: girl from every school who never played sports is like in one room have being forced to play sports
1: <laughs> it sounds like a nightmare <laughs> oh my god oh my god thank you for sharing your experience with mtv's fat camp with us that's oh. incredible i you're welcome <laughs> i'm very excited <laughs> so that's fat camp the bad kind the kind that sucked We were lucky enough to also talk to Annette Richmond about her version of fat camp, the kind where fat is not a marginalizing or negative descriptor, but a celebratory one. Fat community camp, fun fat summer camp.
6: My name is Annette Richmond, and One of my handles is Fat Girls Traveling over on Instagram. I also have a website, blog, Fat Girls Traveling, which is more of a collective effort. I think that my Fat Girls Traveling platform is more of like a feature platform. So I like to feature plus size travelers, fat female travelers. I also have my own blog from Annette with Love and my own platform from Annette with Love where I talk about like my personal struggles traveling and the dating being fat and black and all that kind of stuff. Tell us about Fat Camp. Fat Camp is a body positive and fat positive summer camp that I host um, in North Carolina here in the States. And Basically, I got the idea because I went to summer camp as a kid. I loved summer camp as a kid. I'm an office manager at a summer camp for kids. And so this is my fifth summer at the camp. The first couple summers, I would be in the pool and taking selfies or, like, on my Instagram or Snapchat and doing a bunch of fun campy things. And my friends and people that followed me on social media they were saying stuff like, I'd love to go to camp. That seems fun. And since I go to camp every summer and get to, like, partake in some of the camp activities, like, you know, paddle boarding and arts and crafts and all the little stuff that kind of is nostalgic and reminds me of the happy times that I had at camp as a kid, I was like, well, why don't I offer, you know, summer camp For adults, for people in my community, fat girls traveling. And so that was the original concept. And then it kind of developed into like getting speakers who were gonna talk about like issues that we all deal with as fat women, you know, fashion, you know, self confidence dating, different things, you know? Um, And I wanted to mix it in with fun activities like doing tie dye and making friendship bracelets and having like a movie in our pajamas with popcorn and like all the different assorted flavor salts that you can add to them. So I wanted it to be like a mix of your childhood summer camp, but also like grown up and a little upscale. We have alcoholic beverages and snacks at all times of day and it's definitely not a weight loss camp it's about celebrating our bodies um in a different way because i think that for some people that whole that idea of camp is a little bit intimidating um and for some people it triggers you know camp experiences that they had when they were a child. My fat camp is a great way to kind of redo that or to experience camp for the first time if you never have. And so that was like what my idea was in the beginning. And I hope that like, that's what it is now. (laughs) It sounds so fun. I really want to come. Did you go to fat camp when you were a kid? I didn't go to fat camp as a kid. I went to just the regular schmeggler, you know, summer camp for kids. And I loved it. Top secret. I'm telling you on your podcast. <laughs> I, I was on a TV show called Bug Juice, which was like a Disney. You were on Bug Juice? I was on Bug Juice. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, I went to Highlander camp. I was on the second season of Bug Juice. That was actually here in North Carolina. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> and that's like the whole kind of like kismet kind of thing because – I was nannying for a family and they were thinking about sending their kids to the camp that I'm currently working at. Um, And I watched the video and I was like, dude, that camp seems awesome. I want to go. And then the now owner came to the house and there were a couple other families there and she's trying to talk them into coming to the camp. I come downstairs to get a slice of pizza because they told me come down and get pizza. And the owner of the camp was like, "Do you want a job? I need an I need an office assistant." And I was like, "No, you know I work in fashion." But it was in North Carolina, which is where I did Bug Juice Camp at. And she told me that they hire like eighty percent international staff, and I had wanted to start traveling more. Um, and she was like, "You make friends there, and they live in different countries, and you go and travel and see them." And she had been doing it for tons of years. And literally, that's exactly what it was. And actually, the best part is they pay you at the end of summer. So then people use the money from camp to travel. So that was my goal was to come and work at camp, use the money to travel, which I've done for four summers in a row. But in the meantime, in between time, I was able to become really close with the owners of this camp. And this is also the camp that I host my fat camp at. So it's like a full circle moment. Like not only did I go to Highlander camp, which is the competition of my camp. (laughs) I was able to meet amazing people I was able to be able to save money to travel and now I'm hosting my camp here so like I'm gonna be here forever
1: (laughs) that's amazing do you what do you feel like is extra special about having like a fat person only summer camp like what is healing
6: about having that space? There's so many different healing opportunities. I'm not sure if you saw the Vice documentary from Fat Camp uh, last year. So like watching that back and to see the things that affected the campers that I hadn't expected was incredible. But I think that being in a space where people are at different journeys in their self-love journey is really important because For some reason, people think that self-love is the destination, and, like, it's actually the whole journey, and everyone is at a different place on that road, and especially when you have speakers come here, speakers that you're familiar with and you maybe follow them on social media, have them talk about low points or difficult times that they had to go through and they're sitting right next to you and you can touch them and feel them and they're sleeping in a cabin next to you. Um, That is just so humanizing and it makes you feel like you're not alone. And that was something that was really important to me to like get the speakers here. But even above that, I feel like a lot of us were able to, like, face our fears. Sometimes, like, trying to stand up on a paddleboard in front of anyone is going to be too intimidating to try. But if you're trying it in front of people with similar body types to you, and you do it or you don't do it, you know that you're not going to be judged for it, but you're also probably going to be encouraging another girl who's sitting on the edge too too afraid even to get in the water. You know, so there's so many little steps. We had a photo shoot, and, like, Girls were able to swap clothes for the first time. And that is crazy empowering to feel like you're not the only fat person there. You're not the fat friend that can't partake because they don't have it in your size. There's some deeper things, obviously, with a lot of the issues that we talk about, but even just on the surface, there's a lot of really cool things that the campers take away from it. And me as the host. It really is just enlightening for me to see how something like a photo shoot can be so empowering when I think that everyone's going to be crying over the campfire discussion, you know?
1: I think it's a really cool way to like flip on its head something that, you know, Fat Camp in other ways can be like a very awful experience for a lot of people. Imagine being able to be around Fat Camp. When it's like all positive feelings, you know, there's something very special about being in a community or like a space with all other fat people, especially summer has so many connections with like, okay, you wear fewer clothes and a lot of fat people are very nervous about that. Or like, you want to go to summer camp and like feel fun and be free and whatever. And I think it's really cool to have this like space available now to do that. Do you know of other fat camps that are like yours are there like other things like this that people can access to in different parts of the country
6: i think there is um similar camps but i know that there's something that's on the like in the northwest like and i think that's like a little bit more like rustic and outdoorsy like definitely you know we're at a summer camp for kids but I'm just kind of that girl that likes a little more glitz and glamour, so I'm gonna have like frosé when you arrive and like things like that. You know what I mean? And like super cute yes. like pool floaties with like a floating bar and like floating beer cozies and like like for me it's like <laughs> for me it's like the little things, you know. I think that. It needs to be, for me and my camp, it needs to be a good mix of, like, fun activities, like, opportunities to twerk, all of that, and then, like, really being able to get emotional and to open up about, like, your deepest, darkest secrets. So I just, I prefer, like, a mix, you know?
1: What are the shower facilities at your camp?
6: <laughs> this is the hard-hitting question. <laughs> yeah, so the shower facilities um, in the cabin, yeah, there's, like, three to four showers in each cabin. Okay. So it's, like, it's not, like, too bad. It's not too bad. No, and there's, like, four to five. It depends on how many bunks are in each cabin, but, like, four to five toilets in each cabin as well. So there is ample amount of shower space and toilet space, but it is a summer camp for kids. One thing that I do offer, though, is that everyone gets their own bunk so they can decide if they want to be, on the top bunk or on the bottom bunk, you won't have to share with anyone. Um, I think that that's something that people are fearing too. Like, what's the weight limit on the bunks? You know, I'm they're twin beds, so they're not going to be comfortable. Like, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> I I'm working at this summer camp for four months each year. The beds not the beds not super comfortable, but I don't really expect that because I'm in the middle of the woods and it's about waking up and seeing the beautiful lake and the trees and. All of that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think that it's too bad for a weekend. Like, I didn't really get any complaints, um, and everyone that came to camp last summer—they're all coming back this summer, which I'm super excited about.
1: That's awesome! Oh yeah. my gosh! Can you tell us like a story of like a really special or fun moment that you had at last year's fat camp?
6: Yeah, I would say one of the really special moments was the Clueless photo shoot. Growing up, Clueless was like my everything. I literally went to the Fashion Institute in LA because the the wardrobe designer for, for Clueless went there. She graduated from there, Mona May. Clueless literally changed my life. It was one of those movies that really made me appreciate fashion. And I went to school for fashion. I work in fashion. Like, Fashion is probably my number one love. And so it was so awesome for me to be able to recreate one of the scenes in Clueless with fat women in an empowering way, but also, like, in a super fashionable way. And people can look at pictures from that photo shoot and know exactly what I was trying to recreate with that. And, like, as a stylist, being able to get, like, a fire image that captures your vision, that is life, you know? And so... I would say that the Clueless photo shoot was my, you know, super high point.
1: That's amazing. What does summer camp mean to you? I want to paint like a little sound picture of what summer camp is.
6: So yeah, I would say rocky dirt roads under your feet and fireflies whizzing by. The like fresh mountain dew in the morning (laughs) and that, like, Carolina breeze at night. It gets really breezy here, but it is beautiful. It's different. I'm from California, so it's, like, that crisp mountain air, but it's, like, so refreshing and, like, different.
1: (laughs) I feel like summer, maybe because of, like, you know, the American school system where we have summer break, summer feels like a time of, like, possibility and change and, like... And, you know, you could come back to fall a totally different person. And I feel like summer camp is like kind of a place outside of of the norms of society. Do you know what I mean? Definitely.
6: Um, I definitely feel like when you're at summer camp, you are you're taken away from, generally, if you're a camper, you're not glued to your phone. Um, I'm here at summer camp. I don't have access to TV or the news or like anything that's going on in the outside world. So it literally is just like a bubble of your favorite people doing awesome activities. Um, and you aren't really aware of the world around you. All you are aware of is like your camp schedule for that day and the pool party that's coming up in a couple hours or that session with one of your favorite bloggers. Like, It's all about camp and all the activities that are happening right now. And I feel like it's one of the few times that you can kind of shed off the real world and your worries and things that are bugging you or bothering you or giving you anxiety like outside of camp. You don't think about it because you're so immersed in this whole new experience.
1: Thank you so much for coming on the show.
6: Thank you so much for having me. I love She's All Fat and like, (laughs) oh. It's seriously everything to me. I've been listening to you guys since the beginning, um, and I'm obsessed with you, and I know that you're a member (laughs) of Fat Girls Traveling, and I'm obsessed. So thank you so much for having me.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Summer vacation should be special and fun. There's already so much body pressure in the summer, and mainstream body positivity has really held on to that. to the idea that everybody's a bikini body and we should be fat and proud and out there. And I love that, I get that. But I also want my family to have a space to just be in the summer, to just be out in nature and feel the breeze and hear the wind in the pine trees or the palm trees or whatever trees or whatever you have where you are and just enjoy the sun on your skin through some heavy duty SPF, of course. That's my summertime wish for y'all, that you find some space to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves, as Mary Oliver says in her poem Wild Geese. And if your summer gets to have some beach and some water balloon fight and some crafting and some kid-style fun in it, then all the better. And if there's some fun bikini stuff in there, even more better. But if there's not, that's okay too. There's no weigh-ins anymore, except for weighing how much food you can carry in that picnic basket before your arms get too tired. Love you, family. Thank you so much to our guests for sharing and for being vulnerable with us. Let's close out today with a cute clip from that Vice documentary on Annette's fat camp.
3: Oh, we're so cute. Oh, we like fierce. And we, we even really had to do. like crop top our own shirts. Yeah, we yeah, were like, yeah, yeah. I think this weekend is what I needed to
2: be brave. I love you guys so
4: much.
2: Oh you, you this has been amazing. Bye. 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 I feel like I would tell my 12-year-old self that, that I'm strong, that I matter, and that I'm supposed to take up space. We're here. <laughs> you know, you are a person on this this earth and that's exactly what you're supposed to do. We're not sharing diet tips, we're
4: not <laughs> criticizing anything. It's just being here and loving the experience and loving ourselves.
2: I think I'm gonna leave this weekend with more motivation and determination for like self-love and self-respect.
1: Okay, here's a voice memo from a listener with their Fat
5: Camp story. Hi, April and Sophie. This is Hannah calling in with the story of how I became the problem camper at the upstate New York location of Wellspring Fat Camps. If you know me, this is really funny because I'm about as straight-laced as they come. I've been a teacher's pet since toddlerhood. I love rules. But at this camp where the rules seemed dumb and often pretty dangerous, I quickly gained a reputation for being a total troublemaker and a total backtalker. It's the first time I've ever had that reputation in my life, actually, which is really, really funny. Uh, For instance, i would raise my hand in nutrition class and ask if it was really healthy to never eat a single gram of fat ever again in our lives and i was told that i was sabotaging others on their weight loss journey by trying to poke holes in the program which was fun i smuggled some ibuprofen and doll around in my backpack for a couple weeks treating a very terrible sprain i sustained while playing soccer without shin guards fun safe thanks Um, and my roommate ratted on me. I had my entire room searched and my backpack searched, had all my medication confiscated. Um, I would talk back to counselors when they mocked campers, which happened pretty frequently. Um, one time a counselor was making fun of us for being bad at ultimate Frisbee. I know. That's important for some reason. Um, And then she dropped the frisbee, and I turned to the camper next to me and said, if she doesn't catch the frisbee next time, I'm going to fucking strangle her. And for that, I had to sign a behavioral contract that said if I continued to be rude and disruptive, I wouldn't be allowed to shower. So when that happened, I called my parents and said, enough. I can't do this anymore. I didn't want to be doing it at all, but now I'm really finished. And they came and got me. Um, I'm pretty sure if they hadn't, I would have been expelled. And honestly, I kind of wish I had been because being expelled from Fat Camp would have been pretty metal. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I love you guys. I love the pod. Thanks so much for all you do. Can't wait to hear more Fat Camp stories. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: And that's our show. She's All Fat was created by me, Sophie carter Khan, and the iconic April K. Queo, who is on a break this season. You know what she said to me the other day, though, was...
2: Insanely busy... I feel bad for Lynn that she has to beg me for these all the time because I can't think straight. So I'm about to drop, like, you know, 30 obsessions. Do with them what you will. I appreciate y'all. Okay, we're out here.
1: We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to fyi at she's Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse fish and our logo is by Brit Scott. This episode was co-produced and edited by Maria Ortel. Our junior producer is Lynn Barbera. Our lovely, amazing new interns are Freya Salander and Yeli Cruz. I am our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Bye. Yeah.
3: I don't care how many fun jackets you put on us. We are never going to be the cool girls in any room.
1: Damn it. One day.
3: I have never been cool. Not for 30 seconds of my life. Someone called me cool recently and I was like, are you okay? Do you you want to
1: talk? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.